the only thing the NDTF does is gives you all of the knowledge. There's they never at any. There's no point in the course where they say like you should be doing it this way or you should be doing it that no. way. And did you go you could do and then you start and totally go force free? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. no, absolutely yeah. not. When was it like? Did you even issue a correction on the on the course? Maybe a t- no. bit of leash pressure if the dog yeah. was pulling, but we exactly. weren't like we weren't up there. So, so that, and that's dogs. the point is that you used ninety nine point nine 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 percent of positive reinforcement while you were training and understanding training, you know. And obviously, that's not everything of training. But the point is, is that when if you want to do a course and understand behavior, I fully re- and then there are others. I'm not going to start naming names, but there are others in Australia that I don't recommend because of its it's claiming to be holistic, but it's actually factually not holistic. They're leaving yeah. parts out um, to serve their own agenda or their yeah. philosophy. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're back. Welcome back, brother. Yeah. Good to see us. Sunday night, late night. Yeah. Late, well, not late night, 7.30, but... Bub's uh, asleep and we're chilling. <laughs> so, we oh. thought that we'd do a um, like a review episode or just a bit of an overview of what I went um, through and what what happened, what went down at the um, first block of the NDTF a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, let everyone know what NDTF is. So, that's the National Dog Trainers Federation of Australia. Um, it's the nationally recognized, I guess, gold standard for dog training in Australia as far as balance training is concerned. Yeah, certificate um, so four in dog behavior and training, right? Three, certificate three. Certificate three, so, my bad. Yeah, certificate three in dog behavior and training. Um, so, the way it's structured is you do most of it's online. It's a, like a 10-month course. Um, it's about $4,000, something like that. And you, like I said, you do most of it online. So, you get, you know, you get given printed notes or you can print them out yourselves. And then there's two times one week or eight-day blocks um, so originally I was supposed to do my blocks down in Melbourne because when I signed up, the Sydney courses were, were so booked out like a year in advance. Um, and you know, everything that's happening with COVID and it got to the point where Melbourne got canceled and luckily, you, you know, you had that past relationship with Glenn. Um, and so you were able to help get me into the Sydney course, which was I'm very grateful for to Glenn and to you as well, you know, like, because Melbourne got cancelled and Glenn was saying the same thing to me when I got there. He's like, can you imagine if you'd had to have done it in Melbourne? Like, it just, it wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have worked. No way. No. It's cool. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, Like, the, the, the online portion of it, I guess, to be fair, like, having done this podcast for a year now and spent a lot of time with you and listened to probably, you know- probably a hundred plus episodes of the canine paradigm. I guess going into it, I had a, I feel like I had a decent base level of, you know, what you'd call like book knowledge or textbook knowledge. So, the notes themselves, I definitely learned some stuff from it, but the real gold for this course, I would say, is the practical element, like going to Jural, sure. to pet resorts 100%. there and learning from Glenn. So, 
um, you know, when I say Glenn, that's Glenn Cook. He's been on our podcast. Um, he's your teacher as well, the same, the guy that you yeah. learned for, learned from all those years ago. Yeah, still um, very good so, friends to this day. Yeah, good man, very mentor. good man. Yeah, totally. And that's like he's just such an amazing teacher. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like, mm. you know, he, the way he teaches, he's very – uses a lot of stories. I guess he's been in the industry for 30 years, so um, the way he – relates everything back to an analogy or a story, it really helps the theory to stick, you know, yeah. because it's it's one way or it's one thing to say like, you know, this is the theory, da 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 da, da but to, to use an analogy or a story of, of one of his past examples um, really helps. And, you know, he's like being 30 years into the industry, he's um, he's got so many stories up his 100%. sleeve. Right? Like he's done a lot of law enforcement, private law enforcement stuff. You know, he used to do detection work for like, um, you know, searching the the ships, like the cargo ships before they'd leave port, that kind of thing. Um, so, he had so many, so many stories in that way. Um, with that, with that um, online content, like the actual theory, like we're mm-hmm. thinking of dog training as it began being an art, it's a craft. And then we've associated a lot more science to it now. And, of course, even thinking about it today is that I've been more explaining more of the science but in, like, layman terms when I come with training where I think I used to do more and I still use the art side of it. There, there is a, a, a certain feel or an energy to, to training and hang, being with a dog. But there certainly is a real science that the training method is really based on. So you learning all that, that, that theoretical content, even though you've been more familiar with it because, you know, people listening and of course our conversations and then you seeing me doing in the practical. And then I think we went a little bit more deeper with it is that you became a lot more familiar, but imagine not knowing that theory of it and then oh, going course, to day one, course, it would, of course. or none of it would make sense. It'd be hard. And that's, that's be the best thing about it as well is like, um, I guess from a layman's perspective, I mean, I know when I first heard of like your work with Chloe, I was sort of thinking like, I wonder how it all works, you know, how does dog training work? And then once you get into it and you start learning about, you know, Pavlovian conditioning, classical conditioning um, or operant slash, you know, instrumental conditioning, like you realize it's it's really, it's all about learning theory and behavioral science, you mm-hmm. know, when you get down to it. So, you know, learning you know, how Pavlov did his experiments and Skinner and, and those people and and then looking at operant, you know, the four quadrants of operant conditioning. Um, you've got to have that scientific base to build your your training on. And I think that's – that's I, I probably have a bit more of a scientific leaning in my general mind, I would say. I'm more – that I'd say that's probably what fascinates me the most about all mm. this. It's like this stuff is just goes so deep, you know. For sure. Um, and you know what? And then you can read the, all the books, but without getting your hands on dogs and then someone there to guide you, it it is all very overwhelming because you have to then know yourself, know how your body moves and dogs are watching every cue that you make. Every gesture you do is a precursor to a, another outcome. You know, so like putting that physicality to it and then learning how to free shape and then how, learning how to lure from the, from the basics as well is um, – I remember that being a really cool experience, even though I had my hands on dogs a lot being in the shelter, Mm. which certainly helped and it gave a different, like when I went for my experience going there, learning the theory was like, oh my God, because I was connecting all the experience that I had, like the experience I had with the dog, like it all made sense on some level that wasn't Mm. in words. It was just feeling base. 
and then it's learn probably the, the reverse for me, you know. Exactly, and that's what I was say. You lean more towards the science, theory. yeah, yeah. Where I generally like to like feel things more, like, and then I learn the thing of it after the mechanic of it, mechanics yeah. of it, yeah. And and I thought that was really really funny, and that's probably why we bounce off each other really well as well. Even though you you are, you know, certainly um, esoteric in the way that you think as well, but you do like things put in boxes, mm. and. And me and you're the same. I like box, uh, you know. There's either box box thinking people, or then there's the cotton, the cotton wool people. Things one, some people think about things all intertwined, the artistic form, and then mm. the others are more the logical. Right? We put everything in boxes. Yeah. Um, I think me and you, like, we have cotton balls in our boxes. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we mix them both together, like most people do, right? But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a dog train. The dog trainer person archetype i guess if you could say would attract that sort of person the one that's has to know the theory and know how to like understand the the mechanics of it but then putting into practice is 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 something that you got to develop the touch for that's what i love about it man like it's yeah. like us you know we're talking about all these science and stuff but it's like when you i think it can be can be easy to get really buried in all this um Let's talk, you know, talk of science and theory, learning theory and all this stuff. And then you go there and you get hands on with the animals. And it's like, you know, like you got this dog in front of you and it's like he's ready to go. Mm. Um, and you you connecting with nature in such a visceral, like hands-on way, you know what I mean? Of course, there's science behind it, but it's like this is the, the art of, of connecting with a living creature mm. and having that bond, forming that connection. Tell us about the dog that you worked with. Um, so, we got paired. Well, so, Glenn, um, we did it like the fairway. So, we, all, we put all our names in a hat and we first of all, we drew pairs because with COVID, they didn't have enough dogs for everyone to have their own dog. So, um, we drew pairs. Because they're a boarding facility, so there's no one going holiday. So, there's Yeah, so, Pet Resorts is um, like one of Sydney's largest um, – boarding facility so normally people if they're going on a holiday you know they put the dogs there they can be kenneled and looked after and trained and all sorts of different packages um, so normally you know there's more dogs because people are on holidays but with COVID there's less people on holidays so less dogs so we did have to share one between two um, and we I was drawn like in the last group out of the hat so we pretty much only had the choice of two dogs so it was either Freya who was a six-year-old German Shepherd um, one of the you know, one of Glenn's dogs in a roundabout way, like she's she was an old um, older. They used to use her as a breeding bitch, and um, the other one was a client's dog who was a young Cavoodle, Indy. Um, so we chose Indy. Sorry, we chose um, Freya, the German Shepherd. Um, beautiful dog, um, really cool to work with. Like she seemed to connect with me and my. Um, training partner D pretty quickly. Um, she had some hip problems. I think she probably she she was living at another facility. She wasn't living on site at pet resorts. And one of the girls was saying she's got some hip issues and that kind of thing. So they're trying to maybe bring her across to pet resorts and get her diet fixed up and hopefully get her on a bit of a men. But she we got a bit of work out of her. Um, yeah, nice. We were doing like clicker acquisition on the first day. Um, so built loading a marker, um, and then over the next few days we started working on like sit, drop, stand, using both compulsion and luring, um, and then we started to work on complex skills towards 
the second half of the week. So, complex skills being like the kind of skill that, you know, you, you would teach like an assistance dog or trick work, that kind of thing. Um, Glenn was using his um, one of his Frenchies, Pixel, to come in and, and he basically took her from zero uh, and taught her was trying to teach her to ride a skateboard through the week. So, showing us how to use the clicker to, you know, mark the behavior and- um, Talk a bit about free shaping if no one knows what the hell that means. So, so shaping. So, basically what we what he would do is he'd bring the dog into the room. Um, he'd have the skateboard set up with like two buckets, um, low buckets under its wheel so it wouldn't move too much. Um, so, the end goal is that he wants the dog to ride the skateboard and actually- push i guess with her legs eventually um so you start out skateboards in the room with the buckets under it you bring the dog in you've got your clicker and your food ready um and you basically put the dog down um and you you know like glenn says act like a tree right so you're just waiting for the correct behavior so the first thing you want is the dog to look at the skateboard as soon as she looks at it click bang food she looks at it again, click, food, click, food, click, food. And then gradually, you know, you're increasing the criteria. So, eventually she might start to move towards the skateboard, click, food. Um, she might put one paw on it or get closer. And, and gradually and gradually over the days, you're increasing those criteria to the point where she's getting closer to the behavior that you want through successive approximations. That's right. So cool, eh? Watching yeah. that. Yeah, it was cool. She's, you know, when you first see it for the first time, like all that concept, you're like, whoa, what the hell that is? You'd think with the skateboard, you have to like put the dog on the skateboard and then like you push it. I remember back in the day, like, you know, when they said, you know, how they get the the police dogs to to, um, find the the narcotics and you're like, how am I like, bro? They get them, they get them high, man. They get them addicted (laughs) to it. So then they look for it and you believe it. You're like, well, if that's how it goes, then that's how it is. It's an easy story to sell, right? Like, um, and if you don't know any better, and like to be honest, like and Glenn describes the clicker as like a surgeon's scalpel, you know, because or, or as a another good analogy he used was a like a, it's like a camera, you know, clicker is like you're taking a photo in a, a specific snapshot in time of a picture that you want the dog to repeat, mm-hmm. right? It's because dogs learn in pictures; they see everything in pictures, right? So the dog sees this picture, and you go click reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny you mentioned the police thing. So, they're one of the guys on the course um, is a police dog handler. So, there's a real mix of um, of people on the course, you know, young, old. Um, one girl already works at the pet resorts at um, Terrigal, I believe. A um, few other young girls. Oh, well, to be fair, there was only three guys, including me, out of like 13 or 14 people. So, it was definitely a, a massive skew I was the only. Girls. I was the only guy in the class. Yeah, there you go. So, it was me, um, a Slovakian guy who's already running like a PT slash dog training, I guess, fitnessy type business. Oh, cool. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, and the other guy is um, a police dog handler. So, he had some cool stories to tell. Um, he works a general purpose German Shepherd. Um, so, he had some pretty cool stories there. But... Uh, I didn't ask him if they give the dogs drugs. They don't. No, um, they definitely don't. They definitely don't. They definitely don't. <laughs> that is a bad it's, idea. That's not how it works. No. Um, it's but the same as actually- When you're seven- I, I asked him, well, on the, um, 
one afternoon I asked him, I said, so, you know, how do you guys train your dogs? And he's like, it's, it's the same thing. You know, you start mm-hmm. with a, a green dog, um, you take them out in the field one day and you, like there's grass obviously, and you set out a little area and you trample the grass in a small area and you throw food on it, right? So, the dog learns to distinguish between mm-hmm. um, fresh grass and trampled grass because obviously they're, they're trained to track um, whether that's a lost person or a suspect. So, you're just, you're building value in the dog going towards trampled grass, right? Mm-hmm. And a scent by, by laying food there and then you gradually make the area bigger and bigger and bigger. It's the same thing as teaching the dog to ride a skateboard. Like, there's no magic behind this. Well, yeah, just lots of patience, eh? Of with, course. Um, I heard about with tracking is when, because what you do want to teach then eventually get to a point where you don't want them to follow trampled grass. You want them to follow the scent of the the person, right? Yeah. Not just the smell of the rubber yeah, on that's like soles. day one. I mean, yeah. I know for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I thought this is interesting where I heard this from another trainer. I forgot where. Um, he said, every step you take, you are literally dropping skin, right? Like you, there's mm. something coming off you. And that what comes off you is what we teach the dog to smell, is to smell your odor. I'm like, that is so specific. It's so intense mm. and amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Keep yeah, going. Man. So, free shaping. And what what else? And you're going to do a complex skill, right? Yeah. So, so okay. So, like I was saying, there's two blocks. So, the first block is eight days and it's basically like, I mean, yeah, they, they obviously expect you to have read a certain amount of the notes before you go there. Um, but there's no real expect great expectations. Like, it's basically starting from zero for the first block. You know, they teach mm-hmm. you everything. Glenn taught us from zero, you know, the A to Z of, of everything we're going to need to learn. And then the second block is when you come in, you get another dog assigned to you. Hopefully, they're planning to have, our, you know, everyone have their own dogs for the second block. But again, who really knows? Um, and the second block is about spending the whole week basically um, teaching the dog to to do a complex skill. So, um, generally they're looking at us having the dog either learn to use a touch light, like on the ground, which is like a, like, you know, when you see a, um, like the light in a, in a pool, it's like a, like in a swimming pool, it's like a big round light picture, like one of them, but it's like on the ground and has, it's spring loaded. So if Mm -hmm. the dog, if you press it, it lights up, um, either that or a, a dumbbell retrieve. So like a tiny little, like, you know, um, hundred gram, 200 gram, um, plastic dumbbell teaching them to retrieve that. So, um, that's the, the focus of the next block. And then for the final assessment for the whole course, you've got to actually teach a complex skill. Um, you've got to pick from one of eight. They give you a list of eight that you can pick, um, and teach that to a dog, you know, in your own time and then video that and, and do that in a, get to a point where it's proofed to be able to do it in a, in a really busy, um, noisy situation, as you would know, right? You've done the course. Yeah. Um, you, which dog did you use for that? I used Ace and I did the final The final recording was me with a broken leg hopping around <laughs> in, the, in a park while they were demolishing the park. So, the excavator was pulling it down while I was doing it. Yeah. I got Ace to get the toy, put the toy in the basket and give me the basket and I rewarded him with his ball. That was his reinforcement. And it- um. It was cool. It worked well. And that was in 2011. Yeah, right. Wow, you're coming yeah. up on 10 years, man. Yeah. I don't Ten think years. that's one of the Crazy. options this year. I think there's there's a few. You Some sure? Of them were pretty, I thought Nick, yeah. Nick um, did his complex school and he did that one in, and his end run was in, I believe it was in Cronulla. I saw the video the other day. It was- um. 
I'm pretty sure. But like, if they change it, they change it. I th- I have a feeling they've changed it. I've got to double check. Okay. But um, there's a few. There's, like, like, there's heaps of them. Like you can push. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, skateboard was one to- of them. Um, yeah. Pram or lawnmower was another one. Um, you know, uh, like a basketball. You know, one of those mini like trash can basketball hoops. Um, getting the dog to put it. You know, something through that. Um, push pedal bin. Getting to put something in that. Um, I think there's a directional retrieve. So you get the dog. You know, it's basically like a triangle. So, you have the dog and then two items out to the left and right flank of the dog. Mm-hmm. And it's a, obviously each um, each item has a name and a command and you've got to be able to teach the dog to retrieve either of those at a certain distance. Um, so, the plan at the moment um, for the listeners is... I'm going to probably use Nookie to do my complex school, right? That's the- You're stealing my dog. <laughs> she's on loan. Yeah. Um, so, he'll come I, around I and do the training. Yeah. For sure. I'm thinking maybe the directional retrieve because she's only little. I don't want to like put too much pressure on her. But she, she's, mm. she's, got a, she's got a big ball drive, right? So, maybe we can figure out something. Totally. Like I have done no free shaping with her whatsoever, which is mm. awesome because she, cause once you teach free shaping a few commands- like a few different things that you teach her, teach the dog rather. Once the dog understands, oh, we're doing that thing, it becomes like the dog does it easier. So, oh, well, I guess it's it would have been easier if she knew free shaping, but it's good for you for your free experience. Yeah, well, if I'm going to learn it properly, I may as well. Exactly. And that's why properly, I'm saying right? that it's going to be good yeah. that way. So, that's yeah. cool, man. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Come around a few times a day and do it. Maybe on the way to work and on the way back. Yeah, I have to Figure work out. that out pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like it was a, a great week. Uh, it's so cool. Like it's such a nice area out there. It's up at Dural, right? So, it's it's semi-rural. Like it's a bit of a it's drive cool area. obviously from here, but it's such yeah. a beautiful spot, like massive property that they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, it rained most of the week, so we were pretty soggy, but so much fun. Like so working with the dogs and 100%. I mean, this is what I signed up for. So, it was great just to get up there and- and It's good and for networking, learn. getting other people's experience and, you know- Oh, 100%. 100%. The future and stuff, you know. Um, you know, you, you're in a room with, you know, 15 other people who've all got a, a very common passion, common interest um, shared amongst the room, right? So- 100%. Well, no, another thing for people to know if you- like, you know, in Australia, you don't have to be qualified, right, to be a dog trainer. So, we do mm. this as an optional thing. But for me, I think it's one of the best courses out there, um, especially in Australia. It gives you a real good, broad, thorough and like a deep understanding of, of the training. And it um, it certainly helped, you know, like I could have gone out there and dug, and trained dogs, but without being part of not just, just doing the course, but also the community that comes with it. The, yeah, the, 100%. The, the community that, that has been developed and, you know, through like the Balance Symposium, which is like a closed mm. Facebook group. Um, yeah. But like just that 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 camaraderie amongst each other is really cool as well, you know, and that's something that, that will open up as well for you as you go. But also just to get get, get your hands on completely fresh is so um is so valuable, you know, and I have no invest- – I don't get anything from anyone going and doing NDTF. Um, yeah. But, you know, the more people that understand dog behavior properly – yeah, it really does help the dogs in the long run. And I shouldn't just stuff. I shouldn't just talk about Glenn either. Um, um, half of the course was taught by Kana, who's the head trainer there, who Kana's works cool. under Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much respect. And if you're listening, I, hello. <laughs> yeah, hey Kana. She, she says she listens. And the day I went up there wearing the Nutris Pooches hoodie, she was like, 
where did you get that hoodie? And like, she didn't for a second. She hadn't. It hadn't clicked that because she listens to the podcast. And then she's like, yeah. she's like, oh, it's you. She's like, oh, I knew, I knew I'd seen your you. face. Yeah. She's like, get me one that's of those hilarious. hoodies. And I was well, like, I think, Talk I to think panels, that that's man. that's the call, man. I'm gonna have to start. We have to start getting some um, merch out there to the people. Yeah, it's on demand. <laughs> I was like, uh, you have to talk to Panos. Like, you, you can't have this hoodie. It's mine. <laughs> I'm getting some hats made. So, if they look good, I'm probably going to. There's a lot of things. I've got a very long to-do list and I inspire to do all of them, but it is what it is. We'll get there one step mm. at a time. <laughs> Glenn, did, Glenn did give everyone in the room he, first day shameless. He's, he had a pile of these canine paradigm stickers <laughs> sure. on the table. Um, I've got a Velcro so I, one I put somewhere. mine on my uh, – this is this is a brand new notebook that I started for the course. Nice. And I doubt that I'll fill it by the end of the course. So, you know, seminars and that kind of stuff in the future. This is it's my, always good uh, to have a my notebook now and I've got the canine paradigm sticker on the front there. So, I'll have, we'll have to get some um, Life With Your Dog stickers made as well, I think. Most definitely. We should get ones like I'm listening to Life With Your Dog for your car. Yeah, on the back. And our logo's cool. You know, it's got the wolf howling, you know, at the microphone. I'm listening to Life with my dog with my dog. Yeah. All right, it's done. Let's do it. Got to add that to the to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. It's like, yeah, like, you know, amazing course. Um, I would definitely recommend it to um, anyone who's thinking about seriously getting, you know, more knowledge. I think or, it's Like, great. you don't have to become a dog trainer off the back of it either. Like, there's people no. there who openly admit they're like, I'm not trying to become a dog trainer, you know, like, mm. um, you know, there were vet nurses there and, and, exactly. and different people who that. are connected to the industry in different ways. I think if you're um, a vet, you should be going to that and getting just updated with knowledge and because people go to the vet for advice and vets don't know enough knowledge of recent updated modern dog training you know and and, yeah, well, and also the not their doctors with an they're not behaviorists generally yeah but like it'd be nice to know a little bit just so because people are coming to you for advice that's know? what i'm and, saying though people assume because they're a doctor in the world of animals that they necessarily it'd be like going to your gp and being like um, can you give me psychiatric advice? It's like, no, they'd send you to a psychiatrist mm. or a psychologist, you know? Exactly. Just well, because then they're a doctor also in a white coat doesn't mean that they're like exper- ex- experts in behavior. They know how to fix the dog physically and prescribe medicine and that kind of thing. But For sure. Well, it wouldn't it be nice as well that we can acknowledge when we say, did you know the mind and the body are connected? It's like, obviously, it's a part of the same vessel. What we need to think is that if you're working on health issues, just like, and admittingly, I should know more about about canine health just to educate myself. So, if I see an issue, it you know, um, just for everyone listening, when you listen to this, that maybe within a week or so, Narelle Cook coming on the show and she's a um, nutritionist for people and for pets and she's just started her own podcast. So Yeah, I'll put the um, link to that in this in the yeah. show notes. So that's called give me one sec. Natural her Health. Her podcast for is and called pets, right? Yeah, Natural Health for People and Pets. Yeah. So if you that look out. that up. So but thinking about that, that just started that- like two weeks ago. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn's name isn't listed on the podcast, but he's basically co-hosting it with her now. So that's Glenn's wife. For yeah. anyone who does it. Yeah, know. and she's going to come on. And one of the things I want to discuss, and we've had some questions about this, but I had no business answering it because I don't know enough or anything really, is that, mm. you know, the, how does diet and health affect behavior? And if you are a, 
um, a vet and in the industry of looking at dogs' behaviour. You know, there's, I think it has to, the, the borders have to be a little bit more open for us to understand each other's um, understanding. It's very complex and obviously we're not going to become vets unless we be, become a vet itself and it's a lot of work. I can't believe how much vets have to know as well, right? Yeah. They have to like yeah. understand anatomy of, of like so many different species. But um, if, if more vets and understanding this sort of, and this perspective of training, holistic behavior modification training um, yeah. and behavior and training, it's awesome, man. So anyone out there that's listening who is a vet, I should, or if you're in another country, find something that's aligned similar to the NDTF. Yeah, be, being a balanced focused um yeah, of course totally. and then you can yeah. make the call yourself you know and well that's the thing with the ndtf like we always we always talk about balance this balance that the the fact is the only thing the ndtf does is gives you all of the knowledge there's they never at any there's no point in the course where they say like you should be doing it this way or you should be doing it that no. way and did you, you go could do and NDTF then start and totally popping force free yeah exactly no exactly. no absolutely yeah. not when was it like did you even issue a correction on the on the course Maybe a t- yeah. bit of leash pressure if the dog yeah. was pulling, but we exactly. weren't like we weren't up there. So, so that, and that's dogs. the point is that you used ninety nine point nine 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 percent of positive reinforcement while you were training and understanding training, you know. And obviously, that's not everything of training. But the point is, is that when 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 seeing when if you want to do a course and understand behavior, I fully re- and then there are others. I'm not going to start naming names, but there are others in Australia that I don't recommend because of its. It's claiming to be holistic, but it's actually factually not holistic. They're leaving yeah. parts out um, to serve their own agenda or their yeah. philosophy, which Glenn is not right. I think if anyone's listening to this podcast and they've listened to us for a while, they probably have some idea of who we're talking about. Uh, we won't name them, but Glenn yeah. did talk about or he used the analogy like the Wizard of Oz, you know what I mean? Like if, if anyone's seen the Wizard of Oz, it's like- Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the Wizard <laughs> of Oz. You know, the Wizard of Oz claims to be this all-powerful, all-knowing, um, you must do this my way, you must obey me. We the know tyrant, we are. Right? We, we, we know, we know everything um, mm. sort of, you know, moniker. And then once you peek behind the curtain, you realize that there's a whole lot missing, <laughs> you know? A little guy behind a camera. That's right. Mm. Using smoke mirrors. Exactly. Um, But that's 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 up to people to make their own decision. Hundred percent. And that's what I. um, I think that's what even what we do on on our podcast is that we put it out there, and it's up to you now to um, take it or leave it. It's completely up to you. I'm not saying you have to do this and you have to do that. I'll give you heaps of options, but usually the first option is the most desirable. And then the last option may not be the most desirable. Even the episode that we just did with about the Q and A, um, how to socialize dogs without using the dog park. Is that like I gave you an option if you want to go to the dog park, what you should do? I don't mm. recommend it. I'm not saying you shouldn't go, and you're and mm. and, and judging you for going. Um, except for one client, <laughs> I don't know if I've said this before. Like every time we go to the dog park, the dog bites. Is this other the one dogs. that lied to you? <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't think she lied. The one that no, maybe got she bitten. You yeah, said, yeah. You're telling me a story. One of them got yeah. bitten, and then you were like, "What happened to the dog?" And it's like she was like, "It's like you were her like father or something." Yeah. trying no, to hide she, it. She didn't you. lie. She just never. I never asked her. Like it was second session. I didn't say, "Hey, did you go to the dog park?" I just went about the session, and then I was fixing the collar and just um, handling the dog. And I'm like, 
there's a little nick on the dog's face. I'm like, what mm-hmm. happened there? And she's like, well, we went to the dog park and my dog lunged at another dog and then the dog bit him. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't, oh, wanna, no. I don't want to be the one that says, I told you so. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I didn't say like, you have to and you must. I said, I wouldn't. And look what happened. And she goes, I believe you now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's, um, and, and, and the dog was resource guarding a ball as well. So you shouldn't go to a place like that with a ball in such an enclosed one that she went to. It was like super small. It's just asking for trouble when there's like- It's a cat. It's like throwing around. a cat amongst the pigeons, right? It's craziness. Too much. Um, so, yeah, that was my first week at the NDTF. And then the second prac is in like the middle of November. So, I've got about mm. three months. Normally, it would be a bit of, big, bit of a bigger gap. Like this yeah, course like, was yeah, supposed like to be to June yeah. originally. But obviously, with COVID, everything got pushed back. So, fingers crossed nothing else happens, you know, between sure. now and then. Because that would be pretty shitty. Mm. Um, but really looking forward to it. That's really cool, man. I'm really happy you had a good time and- Maybe had a break from doing other duties and other responsibilities. Except yeah, for your so car good. breaking down, that sucked, right? Yeah, that wasn't ideal. So, yeah. um, shout out to everyone who helped me. Uh, <laughs> so, it was like the second night of the course and the car, my car wouldn't start after the, um, after the day, you know, the day's end. And I was like, fuck. So, I got the NRMA. Uh, it wasn't the battery. The guy's like, it's not the battery. And he couldn't get it started. And then... Um, it was like so dark, right? Because it's dural. It's, you're basically in the country. There's no lights. Mm. So it was so dark and so cold. And I was like, fucking hell. So the NRMA guy had left and Rach was coming up to pick me up. I was like, I'll leave the car tonight. I don't want to tow it. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for now. Um, but it was like an hour and a half before Rach could, could get up to, to get me. Um, and, you know, for those who don't know, Glenn lives on site at Pet Resorts, right? And I was like, Fuck, it's really cold in my car. I was like, so I go and like sheepishly knock on Glenn's door and he's like, who is it? And I'm like, it's Luke. And he's like, Luke. Go away. And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> and he's like, he opens the door and like uh, took me in. And so that was funnily enough, it was the first time I met. He fed Narelle you and gave you water. Face. Yeah, yeah. So Narelle, gave me, and- Narelle gave me soup and a cup <laughs> of tea. So shout out to Glenn and Narelle for saving me from the cold and dark. But, um, no, the car's all right now, so that's good. There's no good no major deals. Hey, Zen, yeah. you've got some um, dog-related news as well. Can you share? Or I want to keep it a surprise for you all. Okay, I want to build some suspense. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll have a whole episode about it. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. Okay, so keep tuned, people. Make I'm going to make you keep listening until you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> a few more weeks, and then maybe some. News yeah, to share not with long. the listeners, yeah. For sure. I'm gonna I'm just getting used to it first. I haven't told anyone. Okay. Except well by the time by the time this episode know. comes out, you probably You probably know. It'll be it'll be, it'll be like three weeks till this episode comes out. So Yeah, cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well I think we should wrap up. I think that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if any if anyone's looking to um to get into this course, it's uh just Google NDTF. Um you, it'll come up. And uh, I, I think, you know, you unfortunately, because they are so popular, you, you're looking at probably, I guess it's about a year's wait now to get into the course, mm. um, you know, even to start like the online portion, like mine started officially at the end of April. Um, so, it's like you start and then I guess two or three months after you start, you have your first practical. Um, so, get onto it. Yeah, totally. 100%. Cool, so, man. 
All right. All right. Well. So it's a quick, quick episode. Give you guys a wrap up of the NDTF. Um, if you enjoyed it, maybe share it with a friend who might benefit from it. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, guys. See you, brother. See ya. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.